sports bar, party people, that song introduces my next guest, the infamous local hero, NBL, um, Oregon State former player. Actually, you were like Pac-10, Pac I guess it would be now Pac-12 player of, of the year, like your sophomore year, right? I, I think I was special teams. Yeah. Into the money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Pac-10 or Pac-10 uh, all-conference sophomore year. That's freaking baller. People, badass, mother trucker, Ryan Seska. Um, we normally intro this person and say like how we met and ask how we met and stuff like that. I actually did not meet Ryan at a bar because normally all my friends I've met at a bar, but we actually went to junior high and high school together. Yes. Um, yeah. I can't believe I didn't meet somebody at a bar. This is, this is glorious. <laughs> and he's in my home right now doing this. Um, we're drinking some vino. Cheers, man. Welcome to the sports bar. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, G. Yeah. Chin chin. Oh, nice to be here. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for being here. Um, so you are technically going to be my Thanksgiving holiday special. Cause we're doing, we're recording this around Thanksgiving time. Actually the Monday. week of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, Monday. yeah. So right before Monday night football, um, do you have any particular Thanksgiving dish, tradition, whatever that you uh, are looking forward to, shit you're not looking forward to? You can curse on this, by the way. Um, but stuff you're not looking forward to for Thanksgiving? You know, I like the traditional stuff. So, I mean, turkey and, you know, mashed potatoes and gravy. But, um, you know, plenty of football, too. Yeah, no, that's exciting. Speaking of football, we'll just go right into it. Ryan just segued us into – he is my first collegiate um, – football player on the podcast. So um, I yeah. definitely welcome you. Yay. Um, so I definitely want to recap a little bit of this uh, college football Saturday. Um, we did talk about this pre-pod. Um, we were talking about this like just minutes ago about your thoughts on the Pac-12 um, in comparison to the rest of the big five, or I guess they would be the big four because Pac-12 is in the big five. Right. So right. what um, what are your thoughts on the Pac-12 Um I mean, I feel like he's gonna, you're going to say the same thing that everybody else is saying. Well, but. specifically, I feel like the Pac-12 can always compete offensively with anybody in the country. But when it comes to, you know, the, the front seven, the front five, the front four, it's always going to be dominated by um, the schools, the bigger schools. You know, sometimes there'll be a West Coast school that sneaks in there, but most of the time it's going to be dominated by schools that have just bigger people, bigger guys. Okay. So you're so, basically, you're, you're hundred percent relying on the front four to kind of dominate the, the not, teams. Not, it's, it's, you know, it depends on the game. I mean, I can't, you know, maybe it's a 60%, 75% thing where, you know, but I see Pac-12 teams whose offenses are so good that it doesn't matter that, you know, how big or how fast the other defense is going to be. Okay. I mean, the, the West Coast defense is definitely quicker and they actually throw the long ball and they actually, like, the running game is not as much pertained in there. I would, I personally, from yeah, what I've definitely. seen, um, as opposed to, like, you know, the SEC or the Big Ten or the, um, you know, all the other major conferences. Yeah, I mean, you know, not so much now, but, but maybe uh, when I was playing, because my last year playing was 2002. Like, you could see a noticeable difference in the way the defensive backs play from conference to conference just because they're not, you know, out there dropping back all the time, playing like they do out on the West Coast. It's like, you know, we're passing all the time. And now that's changed a little bit. And, you know, these 
the big conferences, they're DBs, really. They're, they're all, you know. Do you feel like they're kind of playing like safeties? Like they're like, they're, they're playing a totally different game now as compared to like back then. Where, where do you see the difference? How do you see the difference? Um, you, you know, well, obviously they've changed some of the rules for, for the offense, and, you know, but uh, the defenses, you know, there's a lot, you know, I can't get into it uh, specifically, but I feel like they can play more zone because they know that they need to stay off and kind of like, you know, give a buffer and they don't care about these, you know, five and six yard things. It's the bender don't break type of mentality. And, you know, that can be successful and, and you let the offense make this, the mistake and hope for a turnover or something like that. Okay. All right. Well, let's go and talk. Um, we were going to go into like Penn state versus Oregon, UCLA versus USC, Oregon, um, in Arizona. Uh, actually, I do want to talk about that because that was an upset. The Oregon okay. ASU game. That was a major upset. Obviously, they played um, in Arizona against the Sun Devils, and I did not see that coming again, um, also because Oregon is just so highly ranked and they've been killing it so far. Um, and you guys actually played them this week um, right, right. in the Civil War. So I'm not, I'm not surprised when a team that has to travel in the Pac 12 loses a game, especially when it's, you know, that kind of long travel where it's all the way from Oregon down to Arizona and it's different weather. It's a different environment. The younger guys can get distracted more easily. They got, you know, classes, what finals, stuff like that. So it's, it's not easy for a young team to travel and stay focused. So the home team will always have an advantage. And like I'm saying, uh, there's so much offense that any offense in the Pac-12 can get hot and beat you. And, and you know, you're not covering, you, you know, some receiver can get loose twice in a game and it can be the difference. And, like, you know, those things happen. You know, a DB trips and falls or something like that it happens all the time. But um, that's that's my take on it. It's I thought Oregon could have beat them, could have, you know, you know, maybe snuck into the – the four playoff, but you know, it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Why do you not, think it's not, not going to happen? Not to say that I'm not sad to see that because they're, they're a one loss team. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, this is kind of the meat of what I wanted to talk to you about was let's talk about the kicker position because Ryan was, and I'm going to just even say is a baller of a kicker. Right. And so let's, I think it's the most under, I was telling you this earlier. I was like, I think it's the most underrated underappreciated position in football. I mean, let's look at the Saints game. Like it was won because of the kicker. Like in the end, obviously there's other factors or whatever, but it was won by the kicker. And right. So, you know, the first thing is the obvious is that you have to be willing to accept that you're going to be the hero or the goat. Okay. And if you miss and if it's, you know, if it's your bad contending that there's no, you know, it's not a bad snap. It's not a bad blocking assignment or something like that. You have to eat it and own it and just focus and be like, I'm going to get better next week. And everybody knows that you're not going to make hundred percent. It's almost impossible. So you just have to go out there and do the best that you can. And if you embrace the role of either you're going to be the hero or people are going to hate you and you have to say, Hey, you know, don't hate me. I messed up and I'm just going to refocus. And that's the role of the kicker, and you have to embrace it. Um, 
do you want to ask something else or? Uh, Well, so talking about embracing, um, you know, the, the good and the bad, um, being able to say that it's your fault, which is huge. Um, especially considering, I think a lot of athletes have egos and so that's gotta be really difficult. Um, I kind of want to know the psyche because when you do miss, you didn't miss that often. So I don't know if this is going to be a good question for you, but when you do miss, I mean, how much is that a mind fuck? Because that's, I can't even, I can't even imagine like, you know, missing and, all of a sudden, like every the blame is literally on you. Like the quarterback takes a, a, who it should be on. The blame should be on the quarterback. It's not. It's on you. Yeah, it's 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 an experience because you know you can you can feel that it's let down. I mean, especially when you miss a field goal at home, it's like you know you can feel the oxygen be sucked out of the stadium or something like that. So it's a, it's an emotional letdown, and as a kicker, you can't let emotions be involved. You have to have a level head, and then. You know, it's it's trying to figure out uh, what went wrong and what you could do better. You know, was it 100% on me? Was it, you know, is it bad weather? Do I need to adjust? Uh, you know, what's what's going on? So it takes a while to process it. And sometimes you really never know. It's like golf. It's like, you know, you hit a 100 shots exactly the same and then one goes in the water and you have no, like, no idea why. It's just, you know, the way life is sometimes. And then you just, you have to move on. And developing a rhythm is inconsistency and, and you know, uh, being mature and, and it's all about quality over quantity, basically. I think you, you kind of hit it on the head is that maturity level. Um, how did it, because t- you did this by your sophomore year and it takes a lot of players just in general to get into that mind frame of like, this is my job. Like I have to do this and be really diligent and focused. How did you get to this point so early when you were in college? I was probably like beating my head up against the wall, being obsessive with, you know, okay. 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 Perfection is is key kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, it moves past being like something that you do on the side and becomes like an obsession where you're thinking about it every other night before you go to bed. What, what I can do better. And you're breaking it down and it's relatively a simple thing to do, but you can always think of something that you can do better and prepare. That's awesome. That's yeah. amazing. That's actually what everybody should be doing at a, you know, at a particular level, you know, whether it be collegiate, whether it be, you know, professional, that's the mentality you should be having. Um, I think unfortunately not everybody has that mentality. Um, can you go into a little bit of your college experience? How was college as, as a uh, athlete? Because yeah. let's get real at it. It's, I don't think that it's, it's no, sports no. first, it's academics last. So. Okay. So I think you have to understand, you know, what Oregon State was at that time. It's, it was a team that was at risk of being kicked out of the Pac-10. It was losing, you know, it lost 26 straight years in a row. And my first year there, we went to, my first year, my freshman year, we went to a bowl game. We finished seven and six. And then my sophomore year, we finished fourth in the country. So it was, you know, like the greatest experience from taking, it didn't matter what school it was. It's just being at the bottom of the barrel and then finishing fourth in the country and beating Notre Dame was just a tremendous experience. And that was thrilling, exciting, everything you could dream of and more. But at the same time, it was a lot of work, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. 
and reflecting back now, oh, you know, this is 20 years, almost 20 years later is... Don't tell our ages. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years later is I remember being very, very tired and, you know, not like a good, good type of tired and... Right. I mean, you guys were fourth in fourth in the country and then going to bowl like your second bowl game in a row and, you know, kind of creating a tradition for Oregon State football. Right. Right. That, you know, it's they've had a few down years lately, but it's still they've been much, much better. um, Been able to compete at a high, high level, haven't been the worst team around. Right. So they've they've changed. and, And that experience was, I think. You know, a lot of kids can go to USC or UCLA or they can go to their big school in their state. But to go to a school that wasn't doing well and take a risk, it's it's a whole different experience. Quick question for you. Why did you choose Oregon? Um, were you getting recruited elsewhere? Why did you choose I, Oregon State? I was getting recruited elsewhere, but um, I saw them beat up or, or they lost to UCLA the year before I went there. But UCLA was my favorite team as a kid, and they just beat them up and, and lost by like a point or something like that. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, oh well, this team is going to be really good because I knew like just the, the passion and being up there and um, you know getting away from home, experiencing something different. Well, that probably was huge. Yeah, all of us want to. I mean, it's it's sad to say, but I wanted I left to go to Santa Barbara specifically because I just wanted to leave and not be here. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is sad that it's just two hours away. But I mean, and you moved literally to another state. How much of a difference was that? Because Cali yeah, and Oregon are totally different. Yeah, you're you're in school and you're busy, so um, you don't notice the way that you would, and you're young, right? Um, so it wasn't. I kept my head down, you know, I, like I'm saying, I think I was tired. I think, uh, you know, the weather was different. So that was a huge, you know, it's not, you know, sunshine. And rain. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's so it's adjusting to practicing and, you know, you're not, it's no longer your round sports up there. It's like, you got to pick and choose when you can get your workouts in you know, winter because it's all outside. Well, so did you have any indoor facilities for you no, guys at we, the time? We did. We did starting my senior year they built something uh so, dude that's got to be brutal that's like when when we were um at costa we were promised like an all-weather track and they like literally got it in maybe like less than 10 years ago yeah like yeah, yeah i mean it, it's it's these are those are the things that you just have to forget about and that's just the way it is because that's fair because i remember um you know, getting up there and like running around town to find soccer cleats because I couldn't wear football cleats to kick. And like, um, this was like when they were getting, you know, I they gave us everything, but they don't know, you know, what you're comfortable with. So I remember running around town and like, you know, the town's small, you know, everything is closed, closes down early or closes all weekend long. So it's, 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 it was adjustment in those terms. It's not LA. Yeah, yeah, it is Oregon. Um, anything else that you could add to your collegiate experience or your attempt into the professional? If you don't want to talk well, about it, we like know. you know, you're talking. We're talking about the kickers and emphasis on the kickers. And if you if you want to think about it um, in these terms, is you know, every time a field goal is attempted, it's a scoring play. And there's, what, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 attempts per year 
for kickers, it, either at the collegiate or the uh, in the NFL. And if you think about it, that's like an offensive game's worth of plays, okay? And they're all scoring plays, right? Right. So to think that there's an entire game's worth of plays that are just specifically scoring plays on a kicking attempt, it becomes the most important play that there is. Because, you know, if you're one game will be determined by a field goal, will, will be determined by a kicker. And if you're not practicing, if it's if you don't have a kicker's coach, if it, if special teams are not part of a good of your team, is you're not going to be successful because 60, 70, 80, 90 plays every year will be specifically scoring plays. And it needs to be like, you know, it's not a fourth down conversion. It's not a third down conversion. It's specifically points on the board and you have to put that has to be the most important play. No, definitely. Um, man, that's a lot of pressure though. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You know, think about it. It's, it's, there'll be one game's worth of, of plays, but it will be scoring. That's like, you know, that's huge to be able to be consistent. And if you knock in 80% of those, you're doing well. And then, you know, the standards have changed. The guys have gotten a lot better. Um, so so now it's like 90% the bar. It's, it's When I was playing, it was probably 80% you're okay. I mean, also, the where the placement of the ball would normally be has also changed as well, right? And you can't, you can't run um, to a certain degree. Like, the, the rules, have, like you said earlier, the rules have changed. So how do you, you know, make it? I guess what I kind of want to ask is like that 80% isn't that technically that 80% is that 90% now still like it's still, you know, it's, it's, it's getting there. It would like each, each year the guys get better. There's, there's some years of regression, but I mean, they're just, they're amazing. Um, the way they kick, uh, you know, I really feel like in the NFL, there's such an advantage because all the fields are crisp. All the balls are exactly the same, or at least they try the hardest uh, in that regard. And, you know, there's a lot of um, inconsistency in college because I feel that, you know, the playing surfaces or the weather, and this is just, you know, life things or, you know, the footballs they're using, it's it's very inconsistent for, for football. Um, if getting into it deeply, uh, one of the punters on his show, on his podcast, like he was talking about how... Who? The, who? Um, it was, oh, it's, I can't believe I, Pat, Pat McAfee. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he was talking about how they rub down the footballs before. So they get brand new NFL footballs out of the box for each game. They rub them down and there's like three or four set aside for the kickers and sink for the quarterbacks. And they don't, right. They and don't they have to like use oils and massage yeah. them and stuff like that as well to so, like kind of wear them in. So they wear them in for a half hour and it's like this vigorous process of them like, you know, using a brush to literally, you know, make the ball softer. Right. And he's done the research, he's been there, he's he knows his stuff and he said the difference is seven yards in Damn. a kick. So if you get a brand new pink football versus one that's been broken in, it's a seven yard difference. And I just you know, how many pink footballs did did all all of us all, you know, kick or use or guys, even on offense, where they're just not, 
you know, it's just not a quality. It's like a rock. It's, it's ultra hard. It's right. can't be, uh, you know, you got guys breaking their fingers and it's like, needs to be a little bit soft and bouncy. And the same with the basketball. You don't want a brand new. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I feel you on that. But seven yards, that's a huge difference. Yeah. It's a and, huge difference. And when he said that, yeah, you know, I was kind of like, man, I wish I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been massaging all of the balls. Yeah, <laughs> so McCaffrey was always the a pro uh, punter, one of the best in the game. And he um, kind of segues us into our next topic, which is recapping the NFL and some of their games as far as from a kicker's point of view. Um, I want to get your stance on uh, the Cowboys um, playing in New England. And like you said, weather conditions are a lot, have a lot to do with the game. And that's one of the things that the Cowboys had to deal with in New England. Um, what are your thoughts as far as that game is concerned? Or did you even watch it? Um, no, I didn't watch it. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but I, I mean, obviously you have, you have sports center. So yeah, I think, I think uh, the way New England plays defense and the way that they've been playing defense this year, it makes, uh, going there and playing, going away, playing in the weather, it makes it very difficult to win. And then Tom Brady is not somebody that needs to win any trophies. So he's just the game manager at this point and really doesn't get excited to do much other than just be up by seven points the entire time. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, it's really just kind of, you know, business as usual. It's, you know, he's Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you know, I could see how some people might, you know, turn it off because it's so obvious, but it's kind of like, you know, a dream scenario. I mean, you'll look back and be like, you'll probably not be a, another stretch of a professional team being that well in a long time. No, they're definitely a dynasty. That is for, that is for damn sure. Um, I actually don't hate them as much as everybody else does. I think they're like, the, they are like the New York Yankees of football or just people just don't like them. Um, you either love him or you hate him. There's no in between, basically. Yeah, and, and I don't, you know, it's just over time how consistent where, you know, they're drafting well, they're playing well, they're 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 scheming well, they're they're well coached. It's it's they're hitting. They're they don't do any one thing. Well, they win, which is great. But I mean, I guess that, I that's technically the one that thing that there's. Anything where I look at the team, I go, it's, it's mind-blowing talent or, you know, they do this mind, better than anyone's ever done it. It's just they win more than anyone's ever done it. And they do everything more consistently better than anyone's ever done it. So it's the consistency that's the, the real. Do you feel like, um, how much do you feel that coaching comes into play for teams such as this or for organizations such as this? Um, it's it's huge. It's it's. It's all about being organized and consistent and reliable and having people around you that you can trust and having uh, good chemistry and a rhythm. And that organization has it. And, you know, it's almost like they have a brain trust of guys checking guys to check guys, like kind of like, you know, they have the backup plan for the backup plan for the backup plan always. So that being said, um, do you feel that if they lost Belichick, if he decided to retire or he decided to go elsewhere, that 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 organization would dissipate and they would no longer be it would no longer be the Patriot way? There's a coin flip chance. Okay. Okay. I think that they have. Um, 
um, I can't remember his name, but the, the offensive coordinator yes. there set to take over. Over, yeah. You know, that was the rumor about, you know, a few years ago. Hence the reason why he didn't accept the job before the Jets job. Yeah, yeah. and I think if you have, you know, there'll be some turnover, but I, I think if you keep the, the rhythm there, and even if Tom Brady leaves, I think that they'll be fine. Um, I don't know if they're going to go to Super Bowl after Super Bowl, but they're going to need a, a playoff team. And um, the the thing that, where you can start criticizing them is, you know, how bad have the other teams in their conference been? Over that well, they do have a shit conference. Like, that conference is so terrible. It's like, it's, it's like, you know, they can't. Um, it's, it's why can't these other organizations just. Uh, Get it know, together. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, that answers my question. That was that was phenomenal. Thank you. Um, Packers played San Francisco, and we're going to go over that in two seconds. We're going to take a really quick break, and um, we'll be back. I'm going to refill my drink. You want to refill? <laughs> we'll be back with we'll be back with Brian Seska on the sports bar, talking a little Niners Green Bay football recap. All right, we're back on the sports bar doing our two favorite things, talking with Ryan Seska about sports and drinking. And drinking. And t- tons of the drinking. Yeah. The wine is the wine's going down like wine right now. Yeah, it's really I'm, nice. I'm, you have me drinking wine. I know. I feel so bad because you wanted you originally wanted beer, and I'm like, crap, I don't have any beer at home right now. You know, yeah, I'm one of these people that doesn't complain about free stuff. You yeah well you don't really complain period to be honest with you <laughs> you're more of a non non complaining individual which is very nice and not a normal thing with um, athletes well that's that's what she is a kicker you know you kind of have to you know be able to be hit over the head a few times by these guys to kind of you know gain their trust I'm not going to lie to you I mean that's just the way it is it's it's you got to take the knocks along with them. Uh, how many times did you get hit? Do you even know? Oh, Can gosh. you even remember? Gosh, I mean, like, you know, as a kicker, you wouldn't think it, but there were some times where, you know, you wouldn't, after you get hit like that, and, you know, you're not a kicker taking contact, but it takes you like a day or two to figure out what happened to you. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That's got to <laughs> yeah, be gnarly. Like, 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 seriously, like, like, you come back over to the sidelines and you're like, hey, you got hit really hard in that kickoff. And I'm like, you're right, I did, but I can't feel a thing right now because I'm just on pure adrenaline. I was just gonna say that on pure yeah. adrenaline. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and then on on Monday, you're like, oh, you know, what's wrong with me? And you're like, oh yeah, that's right. I get hit. Oh my gosh, Packers had a tough loss, man, against San Francisco. They may be the truth. Or the San Francisco. Maybe? Yeah, I, I um, think that San Francisco may be the truth. You know, uh, so so we were talking about Bill Bel- Bill Belichick. Okay. Kyle Shanahan in mm-hmm. San Francisco. Um, he knows what he's doing. Oh, 100%. Okay. It's it's amazing to watch the the son of a former really good NFL coach who uh, I don't believe maybe he played in college, maybe uh, I don't know, who knows. But um, just to be able to be a coach without having a lot of playing experience and just coming up and being able to take – San Francisco, who has not been good since Colin Kaepernick took them to the Super Bowl, right? And I think that that was 2012, so it's like... Yeah. It's a while now. It's been a minute, yeah. Um, Their defense is entertaining and unbelievable. I love their DC. 
Um, He's amazing. Yeah, that I think I know who you're talking about, but uh, they fly around, and it's going to be on the consistency of their quarterback to win and all. And the uh, that guy, um, I was looking at his stats today. He's throwing a lot of interceptions and a lot of touchdowns. For everybody that doesn't know, he's talking about Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. Um, but he needs to be consistent, and um, you know he. You know, how can you say he needs to play like Tom Brady? <laughs> if they want to win the Super Bowl, they're going to meet in the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, that would be a tremendous... That would be incredible. Right. Oh, predictions coming left and right from Seska right now. Like, uh, uh, you know, he needs to play like grandfather time and, and, and not be rattled and be able to, you know, accept a low statistically... I, I Statistically... Right. You know, where you're going to attempt 40 passes, you might complete 21, 22, 24, you might throw for two touchdowns. Right. But it's about game management. It's about keeping your offense on the field. And it's about those spot opportunities for your defense to come up with turnovers on the offensive end. Or when you're... So it's, it's letting your playmakers on defense and offense make plays because when you win a Super Bowl most of the time your defense is going to come up with some incredible play. Yeah. Well, and that's the reason for a lot of people predicting that New England will make the Super Bowl, at, at least make the Super Bowl, if not win it. Um, but as far as offense is concerned, obviously like New, New England's not doing so hot. Um, but I just, I think let's look at Denver when they won a Super Bowl. It was all defense. Let's look at, I mean, my Giants, it was all defense when they were winning, when they won those Super Bowls. Um, don't get me wrong, the catch was the catch, and I get that, and I'll give them credit on that. But, like, our defense still was yeah, I mean, like, the, the, the thing that reigns, that reigns in on all these defenses through time that went Super Bowls is they all have a standout de- defensive lineman or linebacker that just gets to the quarterback. And the Giants had... Gosh, he lives around here now. Oh, Strahan. Yeah. yeah, Michael Strahan. Yeah. So the Giants had Michael Strahan, and he was he, he could just get to the quarterback at will. And the San Francisco 49ers have Bosa. Yeah. Oh, what a great pick. Okay, so so he's he's a rookie, right? Yeah. Okay. He's a rookie. But he's just flying around. He's faster, as fast as anybody. I'm not gonna, you know. No, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I mean he's NFL caliber and like he He's done a great job as yeah, rookie and season. And their interior line takes up a lot of space, so there's a lot of uh, freelancing, like, you know, a lot of opportunities to make plays. But um, you look at the Patriots, the Patriots have had good defensive ends, good defensive linemen through the years to develop new plays. No one really stands out. Like, uh, there was – I forget his name. But he was – he was Are on, talking about Bennett? No, he was oh. – he was – he was more on the earlier teams okay. that were winning with Tom Brady. So not recently. Oh, like super early then. Because, um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're... – Like, you know, like forever ago. Like, you know. Back on the sports bar with Ryan Seska for the Thanksgiving special of the sports bar, doing two of my favorite things, sports and drinking, and talking to Ryan Seska about sports. Yeah. 
Yay. So we're going to do, um, we're just going to skip right to it, to the Monday Night Football Ravens-Rams game. It's actually going on right now, but we are not watching it because my roommate is a huge Rams fan and I'm just going to leave him to it because we're going to go out and drink and watch this game. So predictions on the Rams against the Ravens. Ryan, what are your predictions? What well, are you thinking? You know, I'm, I think I'm right in line with uh, what everybody's thinking and you know, the Ravens are way too hot and their defense is good and their offense with their quarterbacks even better, which, uh, you know, he's in the, what, the MVP conversation along with uh, Russell Wilson and, you know, maybe a few others. He is in fine but, company, that is for sure. But, um, you know, his his threat as far as running really stretches uh Stretches the Rams defense. I mean, we'll stretch any de- defense and, you know, the weapons that he has, even though they're not marquee players at this point. Maybe in a few years' time, we'll be talking about how uh, I think they're tight end and they uh, drafted a pretty good uh, wide receiver this year. It's going to be pretty good. And, um, you know, there will be uh, contenders along there with – they'll. My prediction, along with winning tonight, is still meet New England in the um, conference finals for. Ooh, dun dun dun! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know they'll they'll be the contenders there. So awesome! What do you think if that actually comes to fruition, or when that comes to fruition? I'm putting it out there in the universe that they're going to contend against um, the Patriots for the AFC. Um, who do you think will come out on top? You know, um, a lot depends on who's going to have the home field advantage. And, you know, uh, you, you can say that New England's obviously going to have it, but there's still some games left to be played. And um, the question is, is that how old is Tom? And it's not an age thing. It's, it's, I'm not dissing on that at all. It's just that, you know, we all know is that as you get older, it's just your body doesn't respond. And if he has one of these days where, He's going to have old aches and pains, and he's playing against a really good team. It's it's how it's going to go down. He's also playing and, against a twenty. He would be playing against yeah, a twenty-year-old quarterback. Everybody knows this. He can make every good decision in the world, but is he going to physically be able to do it? And I think Lamar Jackson this year might be the guy, like on the you know Achilles' heel, like of the New England Patriots, like the Giants were, or like any. The New England Patriots cannot win every time. It's just not possible, and it might be, you know, this other team that, that goes there. And, um, you know, his season reminds me a lot of Colin Kaepernick's. Yeah, oh, that's you, a good comparison. You know, 2012 season where it was just like this highlight reel of a, of a you know, and even, I, you know, Colin Kaepernick's was even more like, you know, coming out of nowhere because, you know, Lamar played last year, but he's still like this guy that's just kind of mysterious and he's going to – you know, you haven't seen the best of him yet, and you know it's uh, he's an amazing talent. Maybe it's, just some more to come. Yeah, it's he's he's super fun to watch, and you know, playing the Rams tonight, like I, like you look at someone like Jared Goff, who's not any slack of a athlete or of a quarterback, but he might make him look like a little boy out there. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice, um, loving the predictions from Seska, Mr. Ryan Seska over here. But now it is time for my personal favorite segment of this podcast on the sports bar it is time for game time round number one is going to be the south bay round okay go okay ahead. see so like all these are like trying to be based on what you know south bay south the south bay okay hopefully this is not really really harsh okay 
Round one of fact or fiction, number one. Um, According to the Daily Breeze in January of 2010, in just three months, January through March of 1983 to be exact, 18.96 inches of the season's entire 32.48 inches fell, making this year the highest level of the rainfall that the South Bay has ever had. That's according to a Daily Breeze article in uh, 2010. Okay. Okay. Factor fiction number two, current boarders for being able to attend our alumni right now are as follows. Nowhere in Redondo Beach, everywhere in Manhattan Beach, and the northern part of Manhattan Beach. Factor fiction number two. Factor fiction number three, the first tradition was the seniors only parking lot located on the south side of the original administration building. Okay. Which so, one's the lie? So the lie is the second one, right? It's, you can well no, so those are the current but it says current borders, not from when we went to school. Current borders. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so I don't And also, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. You have a lifeline. You can look at your phone for one of these rounds. Okay. So the the rainfall, I mean, it's there's years where it's El Nino and it's like, you know, you can't predict. I remember years where there was flooding, like ridiculous, like even when I was young. Um, So which one's wrong? Hmm. I can repeat all of these. I'm going to say the second one. The second one again. Okay. Is that your final answer? Yeah, that's my second. Okay, it's time to drink that wine. <laughs> they realize that you can't even go to Maricosta if you live in North Manhattan. No, you can in all areas of Manhattan Beach. You oh. can you can go to Costa, okay. but no areas of Redondo can you go to Costa. So even if you live in North Redondo, you cannot go to Costa now. Yeah, it's super hoity-toity. It is very hoity-toity, <laughs> which is crazy because, like, dude, I lived so where I ended up in the eighth grade, I was able to go to Costa and that's fine because it's right by Trader Joe's. It's in Manhattan beach. But if you were on the other side of aviation for all those that know geography in um, South Bay, if you were on the other side, like, you know where Valentino's pizza is? Oh, I love that place. It's like my hangover care. So if you go across the street to to North Redondo, that area of North Redondo, you can't go to Costa. Yeah. But you said when we were there. Yeah. When we were kids, you can go there, but like now you can't go. Which is yeah, crazy. And the, and the fab now, too, is I think that the kids that grow up in Hermosa and Manhattan have a choice now to go to Redondo, right? Uh, only in Hermosa. Well, so no. So now the borders for um, Hermosa are north of the pier. So if you live north of the pier in Hermosa, you can go to Costa. If you live south of the pier of Hermosa, you can't go. You have to go to Redondo. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's become... It's ridiculous, dude. It's it's too much. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, let the Hermosa kids go wherever they want. They don't have a high school. Who cares? Like, seriously, who cares? Okay. So, fact or fiction round number two. Oregon trivia. The Civil War rivalry game between your alumni, the Oregon State Beavers, and the Oregon Ducks. You guys have played a total of 122 times. The 123rd time will be this Saturday, um, and the first game was in 1894 between you two. That is factor fiction number one. Factor fiction number two, Oregon is named the Beaver State because in the early 19th century, 
when fur was fashionable and Oregon streams were as important, uh, were an important source of beaver pelts. That is factor fiction number two. Factor fiction number three, Oregon State has gone through 20 head football coaches up until now. That is factor fiction number three. Which one's false? The number third. Is that your final answer? Yes. Yay, I can drink. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many for a bonus drink? I'm going to say less than 20. <laughs> you are correct. It is less than 20. Do you okay. know exactly how many? I'm going to say somewhere in the teens. I'm, I'm just going to stick with 15 because it's a round number. I'm not going to make you drink because it's really, really difficult. 17, actually. 17, you guys have had okay. 17 head football coaches okay. up until now. That's pretty impressive, man. <laughs> like 17 is a, a lot, but you've been around since like 1894. Yeah, so that's incredible. Like, um, yeah, they started playing each other in the 1800s. That's crazy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, college football has like such an amazing rich culture that yeah. like you can't. I figure that, you know, we didn't even come as far west that that time but you know well like, gold that's, rush like, that's me being the ignorant you know, <laughs> person that i am but you know i think about it that's 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 you know more than 100 years ago that yeah started. that's not a lot of head and coaches they founded down. they i mean when you think about it it was you know if it if that was 1890 1885 like it was only 40 50 years before that that it was just indians and the oregon trail was just starting so it's like you know, 50 years after the Oregon Trail blazed through there, it was like we founded a college and we started playing football. It's crazy. That is nuts. Yeah. Uh, what, can you imagine even what, like, greater, richer tradition is, like, East Coast schools and what and Southern schools were, like, they probably were around, like, the 1700s. Right. And, right. like, and where there's literally nothing, like, farmland or whatever. Like. Right. But it's it's... I mean, this is the the tradition of what football is yeah. and the evolution of, you know, I'm sure that they were playing something that they called football even before, you know, the, the game. And, you know, it's just, it's a pure competition. It doesn't have to be anything special other than just, you know, I'm going to push you back and I'm going to run into you. And that's <laughs> what the game is. I mean, it's what, it's what competition, physical, I mean, how could you want anything more simple, more basic. Just I'm gonna run this this thing that we call a, a football, which is a pigskin, and I'm gonna run it through twelve other people. And you get, or excuse me, eleven. Other people. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna run it through eleven other people, and like that's just the game. And like it's it's it evolves, and and it's amazing to to see the different creativity around it, and like the way it evolves and the way you know, kickers or, or in the game or punters or quarterbacks or wide receivers or anyone. That... I mean, there's been just so much evolution in this game. It's, it's insane. Right. Right. It's crazy. There's also been evolution in your conference, which brings us to round number three of factor fiction. Um, the pack 10 is the category like God intended it to be. Um, Justin, Kahoot was named first team all conference as a sophomore in 2000 when he tied a school record for 46 extra points made in 47 attempts. He scored 94 points that season, a mark that ranks ninth all time, his 117th career extra point rank second all time, his 34 field goals made ranked fifth, his 207 points ranked sixth. 
that is fact or fiction. Number one, basically, long story short, he was named uh, first team all conference as a sophomore in 2000. Fact or fiction number two, the 2019 College Football Hall of Fame class will be officially inducted during the 62nd NFF Annual Awards Dinner at the New York Hilton Hilton Midtown on Tuesday, December uh, 10th. This year's College Football Hall of Fame class includes Coach Dennis Erickson, who coached at Idaho, Wyoming, Washington State, the U, Oregon State, and Arizona State. Last but not least, factor fiction number three, the PCC was founded in December of 1915 with four charter members, Cal, Oregon, Oregon State, and Washington. This is the original Pac-10. The Washington Huskies were the first conference champions in 1916. Which one is false? Well, I think the second one is false. Are you sure? I'm going to say... Is sure? I'm going to say if... if that statement you're saying Dennis Erickson was going to be elected into the Hall of Fame this this year coming up, right? Or yes, but I'm saying that the annual um, he's being inducted. But in the this actual 66- ceremony, or no, it's an awards dinner. So I mean, like I'm I'm uncertain with with, with this because I know that he's in it, but like I don't know. If it, yes. He's going to. Um, so it says that. Um, the College Football Hall of Fame class will be the the class in and okay. of themselves so, will be inducted so, okay. during so this go, awards show. I'm going to go with the with the second or with the third one. With the third one, okay. Yeah. So that the the, the Pac-12 technically, like the PCC, which is the Pac-12, the original Pac-10, um, was founded in December. No, no, it's the, it's the first one that's the wrong one. Are you okay? This is your final answer. That's the final answer. You're right. <laughs> I will drink. Who was who was the first team All American as a sophomore in two thousand? That's mine. Yeah, that's that was me. Ryan Seska. <laughs> there we go. Okay, I'm gonna drink right now. Hold on. <laughs> you had me. You had me going. It was, it was a good ploy. <laughs> I had to make sure you knew your own stats. Yeah, man. yeah, like my own stats. You know, bring it up. <laughs> Mm. Justin Cahoots, man. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you had to, at least you would know your own stuff. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> okay. Round number four is the Thanksgiving round. The first Thanksgiving celebration actually lasted three days, originally in late September with 50 European settlers and around 90 Native Americans in attendance, according to the conversation starters world.com. Factor fiction number one, factor fiction number two. As a nation, the U.S. has celebrated Thanksgiving off and on since 1774. That is factor fiction number two. Factor fiction number three. Grenada, Japan, Korea, uh, Liberia, Norfolk Island, and Puerto Rico all celebrate Thanksgiving. That is factor fiction number three. My God. What do you think I am? <laughs> Over here, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Over here, you know, like, hmm. And I can repeat any of these, all of these. No, you don't need to repeat them. Um, okay. I'm going to go with the number one. It's the false answer. Final answer. Final answers. False answer. We're going to have to refill that wine. Drink, Seska. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. 
See, so now you know that the original Thanksgiving celebration was actually lasted three days. And as a nation, the U.S. has celebrated Thanksgiving off and on since 1774. The one that is false is that Germany, Grenada, Japan, Korea, Libya, Norfolk Island, and Puerto Rico all celebrate Thanksgiving. They don't. No, they all do. They celebrate Thanksgiving. Yeah. If anybody's listening to the background, it's my roommate because he is rooting on the Rams right now. Apparently they're doing really well. Um, Okay. We're going to, we only have two more rounds left. Are you ready? I'm going. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's refill your drink first and then we will go to uh, factor fiction. Yes. We'll go to factor fiction round number five. All right. Round number five of factor fiction. Number five, Los Angeles trivia. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Factor fiction number one. When LA was founded, the city's full name was in Spanish and I'm not going to butcher it, but if your Spanish is rusty, like mine is, it translates into the town of our lady queen of the angels on the Porchinicola river. I'm not good. I just totally butchered this. Anyways, that, that is what um, the city's full original name was. That is factor fiction number one. Factor fiction number two. Beverly Hills started out as an orange grove. Factor fiction number two. Factor fiction number three. It is illegal to lick a toad in the city of angels. Which one is false? I'm going to say the first one is false. Final answer. That's my final answer. Man, that Justin's going to go down like Justin. Not sponsored by Justin, by the way. Drink that wine. What was the first one? I told you I could repeat any of them. uh, So the first one is, when LA was founded, the city's full name was El Pueblo de Nuestra Señora Reina de los... Okay, so you're telling me it's not illegal to lick a frog? No, it's illegal to lick a frog in the City of Angels. So you're telling me that... Beverly Hills did not start out as an orange grove. But everything was an orange grove. I know. That's the reason why I put down the false thing. They were actually a modest lima bean ranch. A lima bean ranch? A lima bean ranch. That's like, that's all I ever hear when... Orange groves. My parents were crying out, everything was orange groves. That's one of the reasons why I put an orange grove. Because I was like, dude, this is so going to trip somebody up. If I had to like give this to somebody else, it would so be like, yeah, that's totally true. Why would you not think Beverly Hills was an orange grove? I don't know. But they were a lima bean ranch. You know, you think those hills would be, you know, make the bushes closer to the sun. I don't <laughs> <laughs> They probably were closer to the sun. Maybe that's the reason why they were a modest lima bean, modest lima bean ranch. Oh yeah, you know, you gotta think about the lima beans. <laughs> people need lima beans. I don't know what people, but those people need lima beans. I have. I don't think I've ever. Well, I've had them, but you know, like yuck. It's like when Brussels, now that Brussels sprouts are like the new, no, not the new thing, but like now they're becoming like the normal thing where everybody like eats Brussels sprouts. And when we were kids, like, or even when our parents were kids, like who the hell eats Brussels sprouts? They better be deep fried and in some freaking like lard fat or whatever. Cause like, I'm not eating Brussels sprouts otherwise. Or like cauliflower. It's like, it all like stinks and smells. Do they make your, your, they make your pea smell too. Like, like asparagus are gross. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, you know. 
You know, you're not, <laughs> not knowledgeable about that. Do you not eat your Brussels sprouts, Brian? You know, the, the biology of things, you know, I just kind of, you know, it's not an important thing to me. No, we all have our priorities. Yeah. Um, so moving into the last round of uh, Factor Fiction. Factor Fiction round six is 1990s trivia. This is our era, so I'm hoping that you know this. Um, okay, Factor Fiction number one on round six. When Matt LeBlanc got his role on the famous Friends he had $11 to his name, and when he received his first paycheck, he bought a hot meal. Factor fiction number one, factor fiction number two. In the famous South Park, the first episode to air was Cartman Gets an Anal Probe, but the second episode to air was Pink Eye. Second episode to air was Pink Eye. Factor fiction number two, factor fiction number three. In episode Some Enchanted Evening, Bart calls Mo and asks, for Al, when Mo responds, Al, Bart says, yes, alcoholic. And then Mo yells across the tavern in search of Mr. Alcoholic, provoking the laughter of the customers. This episode was the first ever Simpsons episode to be produced. It was factor fiction number three. Which one's the lie? The lie is the number two. Are you sure? I'm final, final answer. I'm as sure as I can be at this point. <laughs> it is time for G Hey to drink. Congratulations on that one, dude. How did you know? You must be like a South like no, drink where you like. I think the South Park, the first one was the second one that you mentioned in the because I don't remember it wouldn't have been an anal probe episode, the first one. No, so the first episode was anal probe. Was Cartman gets an anal probe. Because that, like I said, that sets up the rest of the season. Okay. Because remember when the aliens come back and like they they like probe him and stuff like that, and like he has a satellite come out of his butt. Was wrong yeah, so the was, second episode okay. to yeah, air, something didn't it, it didn't add up. Yeah, it didn't because I knew one of them was was you know it's just right. Like, was yeah. there was a falsity in one of the uh, yeah. in the statement? Um, yeah. So the second episode to air was weight gain 4,000 when, like, Cartman gains all that weight and he's, yeah, like, that yeah, big, huge blob. Like, like, I knew that there was something weird, but something, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. No, congratulations. That, dude, that was awesome. Like, I didn't even have what, to, what, you what? didn't even flinch. That was great. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I can't believe Matt LeBlanc, by the way, only had $11 to his name when he was on Friends. So no. he really was a struggling actor. That's, that's the... What life is. I mean, like, yeah. you see everybody, they go, they, I mean, which one's Matt LeBlanc? I'm sorry. Joey. That's, okay. Not Joey, but the, uh, I can't say anything about it. But, like, you know, Hollywood's hit or miss. It's like, yeah. you're, you're famous for 10 years and then you're nobody. And, yeah. and, and, um, I mean, these guys are, these people are all very talented. It's, it's, you know, um, looks changed dramatically. And that's a huge thing for that for that industry. I mean, like no, hundred percent. Like you know, we're talking about staying consistent with a kicker. It's like you know, in Hollywood, like look at somebody like Tom Cruise is like exactly the same for like thirty five years. Like, well, it also helps to have money, but yes, yeah, totally. No, but totally Tom Cruise agree. is a different. Like you know, he's like, um, you know, he still looks he looks twenty years younger than he or not. Well, he he still looks relatively young. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I get I get and, you on and, that one. And, you know, mirrors and I mean, there's no lie. I mean, the mirrors and the angles and you know, he's not 
a tall man. And like, no, he is not. <laughs> Do you actually know how how tall he is? I think he's about. He's even shorter than I am. He's five tall. eight. Yeah, he's he's he's, but he's 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 Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's true. He is couch jumping Tom Cruise. And with that, we are going to be ending this episode of the Thanksgiving holiday special of the Sports Bar with Ryan Seska. I am so stoked that you came to to do this with yeah. me. Like, thank you so much. I hope you had fun. Oh, I did. Good. Good. Thank Yay. you very much. And, yeah. and you know, I, I enjoyed it. And yeah. you know, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And Amen to that. Happy Thanksgiving. Cheers on Cheers. the Thanksgiving trek and the wine. Um, hoping you guys all have a great Thanksgiving out there. I am out with Ryan Seska on the sports bar. Thank you so much. See you again. later. Yeah, yeah. And thank you again so much, guys, for listening to the sports bar with Ryan Seska, my awesome special guest. Don't forget to Subscribe, follow all that good stuff on everything podcastable. Um, that would be Spotify, Anchor, because they let me do this for free. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, basically anywhere that you can listen to a podcast, I will be on there. Uh, again, this is Jihei Wiley with the Sports Bar saying, please, again, continue to follow, continue to subscribe. We're also on everything social media um, on Facebook and on Instagram at the sports bar. That is T H a sports bar. And I'm also on Twitter at sports bar gals because Twitter sucks and they wouldn't give me that sports bar again, guys. Thank you so much. Hope everybody had an amazing Thanksgiving. Uh, I am G. Hey Wiley with Ryan Seska on the sports bar and we out. Deuces.